0: And welcome into the latest edition of the Last Word on Sports Media podcast. I am the somewhat capable host, T.J. Reeves. Glad to have you here aboard as we go over everything in sports media. Lots of discussion coming up, not only on the NBA playoffs, which are winding down Stanley Cup playoffs uh, as well. Uh, The NFL says Peacock for a streaming playoff game. We're going to discuss all of those things with one of my buds, the famous Jay, Jay Betzel in the Dallas-Fort Worth Sports Media. And they're kind of a hub. Uh, right now for a lot of activity. You know, the Cowboys always get all the attention, the NFL schedule release, uh, et cetera. But the Dallas Stars have made the final four in the Stanley Cup playoffs, getting ready to play the Las Vegas Golden Knights in a best-of-seven series. The Stars trying to get back in the Stanley Cup final since 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 they lost to my Tampa Bay Lightning uh, back in the 2020 bubble. Uh, Florida Panthers, Carolina Hurricanes, NHL, ooh, TV ratings, ooh, with one of those. I'm uh, making the finals. You You know... The NHL right now uh, would have been hoping for the Boston Bruins or the New York Rangers to be on the other side of Dallas and Las Vegas, or even my lightning, the uh, the previous uh, representative of the East three years in a row in the Stanley Cup Finals. They would have taken them over Florida and Carolina. But uh, hey, look, the Carolina Hurricanes do have a Stanley Cup win uh, back in the two in the earlier in the two thousands. So uh, we'll see. Anyway, uh, that's a little hockey. Uh, There's some golf, the PGA Championship coming up. Jay and I will talk about all of these things uh, and a lot more straight ahead in just a couple of moments. We're going to do some love it or leave it with some different things that I like and don't like near the end of the show. Thank you for finding me, and thank you for finding the last word on Sports Media Podcast, however you've done so. Make sure you're following or subscribing uh, here through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. George Offman's Tell Me a Story I Don't Know podcast series is part of this feed. Great storytelling podcast, Chicago Slant, part two of his interview with Ozzie Guillen. Ozzie Guillen, who was interviewing again for the Chicago White Sox managerial job, didn't get it and is now, while the White Sox are having their worst start in over 70 years, Ozzie Gian's on the pre- and post-game coverage on TV, blasting away at them, speaking of media. So George with Ozzie Guillen, he's recently talked to the likes of Jason Bonetti of Fox Sports. Jason's also the White Sox television voice. Uh, Talked with Joe Maddon, the World Series winning manager of the Cubs. Again, it's got kind of a Chicago tinge, but it also goes national with the likes of Greg Gumbel, who he's talked to recently, Bob Costas, Mike Wilbon, and others with connections to Chicago previously. Uh, Marv Albert, um, on and on. Kevin Harlan, still working the NBA playoffs uh, for TNT and the NFL on CBS. You hear all of those on George's Tell Me a Story I Don't Know podcast series. That is still ongoing. Also, Mike Gill, Phil demont Mollin with announcer schedules the podcast out later in the week. Those guys talk with Mark Jones of ESPN and their NBA coverage last week. Uh, They also do a great job breaking down who's doing it well, what voices are in the uh, booths, uh, radio and TV on the national level for the NBA playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs. Kentucky Derby, obviously, recently the Preakness will be this weekend. Uh, All right. So, uh, again, hear more from Mike and Phil later on in the week. So again, thank you for finding us. Make sure you find out more at lastwordonsports.com/slash podcasts about this podcast. Without further delay, let's get into all things in the DFW area and beyond uh, as we do that right now. As promised, I have been looking forward to this for a myriad of reasons because he and I do our own segments of the podcast or show off the air that no one hears. So we might as well do them for all of you to hear because he's got takes. I've got takes. They're usually pretty good takes. They're usually around sports media. They're also around 80s and 90s movies. More on that in a little bit. Hello, Jay Betzel, a.k.a. the famous Jay in Dallas-Fort Worth, as we do this officially on The Last Word on Sports Media podcast. You and I have been doing this unofficially for like the last 48 hours, and I keep saying, save that. I want to talk to you. Save that. Not yet. Not yet. Well, now is yet. How are you?
1: It. I'm doing well. How are you?
0: <laughs> well, we're hanging in there. Uh David Robinson, Tim Duncan, Victor Webnayama. How do you say this name from Africa? I'm not very familiar uh, with him. Uh,
1: I just watched it on ESPN. It sounds like they said Wimbiana.
0: Wimbiana. All right, good yeah. enough. That Wimbiana. he is the next phenom. Let's hope he's more like LeBron James. Let's hope he's more like Magic Johnson than he is like Michael olawakandi uh anthony bennett or ben simmons how about uh, are you liking the uh the knowledge i'm dropping on number one overall picks uh well, because you,
1: know, uh, you left out greg Oden.
0: greg Oden is another one there's plenty of flops uh <laughs> at the top am i correct never nervous purvis purvis ellison number one overall pick as well
1: he was uh, number all one all, overall. all
0: of those guys went to gilligan's island never to be heard from again in terms of their nba career for whatever reasons anyway good to have you i'm glad you're doing well uh, let's begin with your bitterness towards the fact that you're in Dallas-Fort Worth. You're a Mavericks guy, and the San Antonio Spurs got the number one pick. So that means David Robinson uh, moved forward to Tim Duncan, and now uh, move forward to this 18-year-old phenom and, and what they hope or think that they could do. Uh, you're not happy because the Spurs got the pick. I will just say what I said to you on a text message before we began. I have loved the NBA draft lottery for 35-plus years, really going on almost 40 years now to when the New York Knicks got Patrick Ewing. This may be a little bit before your time because it has stopped teams from just losing, losing, losing to make sure they get the number one overall player. It stopped it back in the 80s and the early 90s. And Detroit Pistons, thanks for not playing and not winning and losing everything you could lose at the end of the year. You'll go ahead and pick fifth in the draft lottery, because of the lottery system so anyway there's my takes give me a give me a take or two
1: you know i understand the reasoning behind it it's kind of frustrating to see like the nhl lottery was that last week when the chicago blackhawks won right Uh, you know being a stars fan not a blackhawks fan and then being a mavs fan and not a spurs fan i mean the spurs have been good for most of my life until recently and i've actually thoroughly enjoyed it just watching (laughs) them struggle like the rest of the world right and you know I, I thought that he would end up in a bigger market. But then when you looked at some of the teams, the, the four teams that were left, I mean, Houston would have been the obvious choice, right? Because Charlotte, small market. Portland, small market. And Portland, with some of their uh, early picks, they had Sam Bowie, they had Greg Oden, like we've talked about. So, you know, they they you, you kind of thought the NBA might throw them a bone because it's kind of universally assumed that the draft lottery might, you know, be a little rigged with the fact <laughs> that Patrick Ewing went to the, the next. But, you know, I... I guess this is their best way. I mean, some of my friends and I, we heard locally here in DFW, we have a sports radio, 1310, 967, seven, the ticket. And yep. Dan McDowell mentioned that he thought what better way to prove the lottery wasn't rigged by rigging it for the Mavericks to win after they openly tanked at the end of the year. Correct. But it didn't quite work out.
0: <laughs> it was uh epically uh, obvious what they were doing in that final game. What was it with the bulls where, uh, they were doing everything short of playing like a five on three disadvantage power play uh, in that game. Um, all right. Well, so- that
1: was like the next to last game, you know, in the it was a Friday night here in Dallas. Wednesday night, they had gone all out and beaten the Sacramento Kings, who we saw how well they played against Golden State in the playoffs. They're a good, solid young team. And then they just literally flipped the switch like in the pregame press conference. Jason Kidd mentioned <laughs> that Kyrie wasn't playing, and you know, pretty much anyone you've heard of on the team wasn't playing except Luca. He was going to play the first quarter because it was like Slovenian night at the arena and so they wanted him to be able to play for you the You got to play on Slovenia
0: so, night if you're a Slovenian, yes.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean that's why they were there to see him. So, but he but he only played the one quarter. So, yeah, I mean it was kind of sad you know, and I believe Cuban and the Mavericks were fined 700,000 somewhere around there. Uh-huh. You know, for, because for it was obvious they were tanking. They, yeah, cuz they, they were, were still t- in the playoffs and they rested people with one game left.
0: Well, and, and they used to they used to wait this thing differently too, where you got more ping pong balls and the and the the uh, the best of the worst only got like one, and then the Orlando Magic remember won it with Penny Hardaway, uh, and they basically only had one ping pong ball the year after they got Shaq. So now they they do with this whole math system that no one understands where it's. Well, remember when
1: they won it with Hardaway? Remember they took Weber and traded him?
0: That's correct. For Penny Hardaway. I remember so all of that. They could have
1: had Weber and Shaq, and you know, I mean. I remember what would have happened
0: while we talk last word on sports media podcast. I remember I was the five day a week sports radio guy, newly hired five days a week, recent graduate the year before of Memphis state university where Penny Hardaway had been Jay Betzel loves my trivia, Penny Hardaway final college game and opening round loss to Western Kentucky in the NCAA tournament in the Orlando arena. So then you fast forward about three months to the NBA draft and the magic have the number one overall pick. And the rumor was everywhere. They want Penny Hardaway to compliment Shaq. They, they win the lottery. They take Chris Weber on that night. And then they make the Epic trade with golden state to get three number ones and Penny Hardaway. I still remember doing the five day a week sports radio taking call after call when they actually cared in the Tampa Bay market about the Orlando magic, which was the 1990s. They don't care anymore uh, about how big a, you know, stupid thing this is to trade, uh, you know, Chris Webber away, uh, Webber and Shaq as the two tandem. And I, I kept talking people off the ledge. Wait until you see Penny Hardaway's ball handling, his passing. And sure enough, the magic became electric. Uh, 93 to 90, you know, 93, 94 season, 94, 95. They end up winning the Eastern Conference and going to the NBA Finals. Uh, and then Michael and the Bulls got him in the Eastern Conference Finals in 96. And then it all broke apart because Shaq took the took the opt out and went to the lakers as a free agent but hardaway was an all nba player uh and they were the eastern conference dominant team for a couple of seasons with hardaway at the helm i just penny hardaway i'm just reminiscing about doing the sports radio thing there when you're talking about you know in the different markets they they're bemoaning this in detroit i get it they're bemoaning this in charlotte but I again just come back to this is why lotteries are a good thing as opposed to just losing, losing, losing on purpose, like at the end of the NFL season to try to get the number one pick. Famous Jay, that one more time. The
1: Jack Penny thing. I read the Shack Penny deal. I read on the internet, so it has to be true that when they were filming Blue Chips, the Shack enjoyed playing along with Sid Penny, and he kind of talked to the Orlando front office about how good they worked together in their chemistry. So, do you remember any of that? Does that? Sound oh, that familiar? was
0: that was definitely part of it because the movie was right at that time. Uh, which I still can't get over. Nick Nolte pretty good as the Bobby Knight character, but I can't get over Bobby Hurley wearing a red Indiana jersey playing for Bobby Knight's Indiana team against the fictitious, what was it, uh, Western. Western State or whatever, or Western, Western University. University. Uh, yeah, I can't I can't keep it straight when they have that one and, uh, and all the other basketball movies. But anyway, that was blasphemy to see Bobby Hurley, the Duke Blue Devil star, wearing an Indiana jersey while we digress into movies in the 80s and 90s with blue <laughs> chips back in the day uh penny Hardaway was butch McRae. shack right. was neon somebody ne- he was Bado. Ne- neon Bado,
1: yes from very algiers nice.
0: very nice uh on oh, figuring that out yeah it's like shack in a lot of his movies he played shack uh uh it's uh All right, it's well-known. So anyway, there's a little NBA draft lottery. The NBA on an uptick. As we release the podcast, you've got the Lakers and the Nuggets, the Celtics and the Heat Uh, back to the future because this is the same semifinal pairings in the West and the East as the bubble year where the Lakers eventually beat the Heat in the Orlando bubble. Speaking of Orlando, with limited fans and the media only present, the uh, the Lakers won in the bubble that go-around. And look, the 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 ratings are on a high right now. I, I think I saw where the average audience, the average audience of over um, uh, close to 6 million for all playoff games through the first two rounds is the highest in over a decade. Now, the caveat, as we always talk about, because John Lewis in the previous incarnation of this podcast from Sports Media Watch constantly drilled this into everybody, including me, you cannot compare anything before about 2019-2020 when they weren't measuring out-of-home audience back in – Jay's nodding, you know this – in the 2010s, in the 2000s, much less back in the 90s, they were not measuring out-of-home audience. If you went to watch this at a friend's house, at a sports bar, wherever, there was no way for Nielsen to measure the, as a Nielsen family – as a Nielsen person that you had gone somewhere else to watch the game. In the last three or four years, the technology has gotten to the point, Jay, uh, where I know you're familiar with this, where they can measure it, and it's increased the rating. So everything you're comparing to 2016, 2010 with the present day, they weren't measuring out of home back then, where the number would have been much bigger because there were much less options on TV in 2010, 2005, 1999 than there are now in 2023. All right, I said a lot there, but any, any thoughts on the NBA surging to the level that it is with some audience in the present day?
1: Well, just do a sidebar kind of here on your, your TV rating stuff. We are on the 25th anniversary of the Seinfeld finale, which had 76.3 million viewers. <laughs> kind of, I wanted to mention that because... I've got wow. John stuff pulled up on Sports Media Watch Twitter, and it says that the uh, game seven of the first round, the Warriors and the Kings, had 9.84 million. And it says that the top four in the past decade were all this year. You had Warriors-Lakers, two of those games, Sixers-Celtics game seven, and then the Warriors-Kings game seven. So just kind of factor that into what we're talking about, like the good old days of who shot JR or even Oh, the my match God, football.
0: yes. Yeah, but where the, where the regular, with the channels, regular right? expectation of, with those only those three channels before Fox came in was that network dramas, network sitcoms were getting 35, 40, 45 million people to watch. They now get one-tenth of that, three or four or five million. Sports continues to excel, to your point. But yeah, when you contemplate, Seinfeld would regularly get 40, 45 million people to watch, and seventy million for the finale. And now the water
1: cooler talk, right? Now there's no water cooler talk because not everybody watches it Thursday night at that's eight o'clock. Correct? They watch it when they feel like on demand.
0: Yeah, they find a, they find a way to watch it elsewhere. But anyway, uh, the ratings doing well. And let's be honest, the NBA is not going to have a press release. They're not going to have an announcement. We know this, don't we? But we they do. want the Lakers out of the West. And if they can wave the magic wand, they want the Celtics playing them because you rekindle everything from the 70s and the 80s for the older crew, which we're now part of the older crew. But you also have, even in the present, in in the 2010s, you have the late Kobe Bryant Lakers against the Garnett, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce Celtics. You rekindle Celtics Lakers. That's a big ratings deal if it comes to that. I mean, the 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 Lakers heat, that's still fine because it's LeBron and it's the LA market. The one they don't want, which they won't say, is Denver, Miami. You feeling me on that in terms of TV audience?
1: I I agree. And I mean, I would like any of these matchups. I think they'd be fun from a basketball fan standpoint. And speaking of, we I digress back to the draft lottery. They mentioned tonight that um Djokovic, sorry, that Jokic was the 41st pick in the draft when he was picked. And now he's kind of one of the consensus top two or three players is two-time MVP, and I believe was either runner-up this year. And I think that would be a fun series. But yeah, if we're just talking strictly paying the bills and selling ads and stuff, I think that first choice would obviously be Lakers-Celtics. But you could have a lot of storylines with lakers Heat because they played against each other in the finals in the bubble. And also you've got LeBron against his former team where he won his first two championships – and Jimmy Butler's just turned into a superhero in the playoffs. And I think they could have a lot of fun with it either way.
0: And just for the record, besides uh Jokic, uh LeBron obviously was number one right out of high school. Uh Jimmy Butler was 30th, picked 30th in the NBA draft. Jason Tatum of the Celtics was third overall while we talk about Anthony first Davis overall number- pick.
1: Right. Anthony Davis number one.
0: Anthony Davis number one overall as well out of Kentucky. So just while the draft lottery and it's become its own entity, its own TV show while we go over all of this. All right. The famous Jay is here. Jay Betzel. He's at the famous Jay on trivia on uh, Twitter. And he's uh, great to be with me here, uh, breaking down all things DFW, but also from a national perspective too. So at the time we're taping the Dallas Stars, speaking of the final four have made the Western conference final in the Stanley cup playoffs. When last we saw the stars, it was Monday night and it went over the Seattle Kraken. Thank you. in game seven, Uh, the stars stirring it up. Speaking of the bubble, your stars were in the Stanley cup final in the bubble against my Tampa Bay lightning. And of course, when the lightning and the stars (laughs) are playing for the Stanley cup, they have to do it in an empty arena in Edmonton, Canada. That's what happened three years ago at this time. Sadly, not, not that you care. Sadly, my lightning are out. Uh, sadly for the NHL, no Boston, no New York Rangers, no Colorado, the defending champs. Yet your stars will play Las Vegas, and everybody's snickering at Carolina, Florida Panthers in the other Eastern Conference uh, final. Uh, so my question is, I saw everybody waving those towels in the American Airlines Center for Game 7. Did you sneak your way in, and did you get one of those towels as a souvenir for the stars go, and their win?
1: I did not go last night, but I do have one of the towels. I can see it hanging there over on my bar.
0: <laughs> so you do have a towel. Is yeah. it a, it's not a current like, 23 towel, but it's one of the previous towels.
1: No, it's from a, a couple of games ago. A couple of games so, ago, you
0: got a towel. That's yeah. outstanding. Yeah. Were you waving it on Monday night in your domicile as the Stars were clinching 2-1? to one?
1: When when Wyatt Johnson got the second goal, I was jumping up and down.
0: It's, uh, it's crazy uh, that it's Dallas and it's Las Vegas. The Stars also have a Stanley Cup, by the way, since the Cowboys won a Super Bowl. So how much of a hockey town is that market right now, now down to the Final Four? Is it? Is it at least in the conversations on sports media, the internet, social media, on people you follow in and around DFW, local news?
1: What about it? We, strangely, you mentioned Cowboys and Super Bowls, and Troy Aikman, who won three Super Bowls with the Cowboys in the 90s, he had a great line back in the day where he said that Dallas isn't necessarily a football town, it's a winner's town. So when these teams win... They get the support, you know, was about 10, 11, 12 years ago, the Rangers had back-to-back World Series. right? And suddenly that ballpark, the ballpark in Arlington, which was outdoors and 110 in the shade, you know, during the summer, they were filling it up because the team was good and they're fun to follow. Same thing with the Mavericks 2011. I mean, granted, the Mavericks have like an astronomical sellout streak. You know, they're very well supported, but it was just – it was a huge deal when they won the championship. You know, not only did they win their first title in franchise history, but they beat the Heatles. You know, LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Bosch's first year together, and that was wait, wait, wait. Um, did you use Heatles?
0: Did you use Heatles on the podcast? Yeah. I don't know that I've ever heard that. Is that well, official? Where did you came up? Where did you come
1: up with Heatles? I've never heard I'm that. Not, I'm not that clever. I've just heard them call that so often. I just refer to that version of the Miami Heat as the Heatles.
0: Right with uh D-Wade, You know that Chris not Bosch. one,
1: not two, not three. That, that I group. remember.
0: I remember. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, Steffi, they, so they, they
1: had a lot of support. And kind of the Stars the same way. The Stars won Stanley Cup in 99. You know, huge parade that ended at Reunion Arena, where the Stars were playing at the time. And the Mavericks had a huge parade in 2011 that we went to. We took the train from Fort Worth to get there because it was going to be so hard to get in and out of downtown Dallas. And, that, and right now, the, the Stars, are they're getting a lot of love. I mean, the Rangers are playing well, too. I think they're in first place while we're doing this. And it's just, it's fun to have the hometown teams play well. You know, you even in Champa Bay, all of y'all's teams were winning there for a while. So you know exactly yes. what I'm talking about.
0: Jay knows that I'm doing the show with Champa Bay hats behind me. He can see that in the video of the hookup Buccaneer World Championship, uh, Lightning Stanley Cup win, Ray's World Series appearance. Um, by the way, Buffalo Sabre fans still wants a word with you and the parade because they believe that Brett Hull's overtime goal should not have counted because he was the in the, phrase, crease.
1: the crease has no meaning here yeah lindy like I... ruff came to coach the stars you know after that and he basically he, he totally took the star side when he was here so that, that takes care of that
0: <laughs> buffalo saber fan is still not so sure uh like they were ever i mean could you imagine had they reviewed that after the stars were celebrating the stanley cup win and they put the game back on in sudden death and and buffalo somehow wins it to keep it alive but that did not happen back in the day so we talked some stanley cup hockey and more with the famous jay jay betzel uh love his insight jay has worked for many years in the media there with the dallas morning news with the fort worth star telegram uh dfw sports online am i correct on the correct. website That's as well where we read you I cover for golf golf
1: coverage? i cover the pga tour for dfw sports online
0: dfw sports online and we're going to talk some golf here in a couple of minutes Uh, on the program so the schedule release out for the NFL speaking of the Cowboys uh, to no one's surprise the Cowboys on national TV 57 times with um, 26 standalone games okay maybe I'm exaggerating out of the 17 game schedule but uh, let's bring it to this Uh, out of nowhere seemingly and the NFL has made it clear over the last two or three years they have one extra playoff game that's always been up for bid the last three years as a one-off who wants to give us the most money? And it turns out that NBC, uh, Comcast, and and the Peacock uh, app, they end up on a massive over $100 million bid, maybe believed to be $110 million for one playoff game, Famous Jay. For a wild card Saturday night playoff game, this game will now be streamed on Peacock. Your reaction to the streaming revolution that's ongoing
1: you know i guess it doesn't bother me because i have all these i already have peacock you know yellowstone reruns are on peacock, so i have to have it right <laughs> so um but i understand the frustration because i follow sports media closely through listening to your show and brian curtis and you know several yep. Marsha and orion you know and so i hear all this stuff and it sounds like that everybody was complaining about oh gosh why do I have 700 channels on my cable TV? I only need XYZ. I wish I could just pay for ESPN and HBO. Right, right. And all these guys, especially like Andrew Marchand, is like, careful what you wish for, because you just might get it. And now suddenly you get to pay for you know one particular thing. And like, I, I think it cost me like $100 a month just in these apps I've got. Yes. And, you know, it. it I, I'm curious to see how it works because, you know, we had last year, Thursday Night Football with Amazon Prime, Prime Video. And they had their Thursday night game, and they had Al Michaels and Kirk Kerb Street. The studio show, like Carissa Thompson, is my favorite. I think she is so great at do, at doing the stu- studio. And I thought they had a lot of fun. See, you know, they were on hand for all the games every week. They had, they had such
0: had- terrible yeah. games, though. Yeah, but and it was CLS, a ratings disaster. And so Al- and by and, and by the way.
1: way- I, I don't want sorry for Al Michaels because I, I, have- I was just
0: going there I don't want to hijack your take but Al Michaels looked like he'd rather be in root canal than be on <laughs> Thursday nights with like the Colts and Broncos can't score a touchdown and then what else did he have like Texans uh Titans and nobody can they score
1: like Chargers early in the year that that was that, that they, had been-
0: one, yeah, they had one yeah that I like one good game early on so the streaming thing was largely the NFL is not going to admit this it was a disaster It was an absolute disaster because there were bad games that that uh, honestly, there were five and six million people less watching. That's a disaster for the product. But the NFL is king. And the NFL says Amazon gave us a billion dollars. We're not giving them the money back. They want to stream it. Let them stream it. And so now NBC and Peacock gave us one hundred and ten million dollars for one game. One game.
1: Well, I mean, really, what I meant was not necessarily the quality of the games. I meant the quality of the broadcasts. You know, right. they, they didn't never they never falter like the uh, was it Love Island or whatever was on Netflix that crashed. Netflix. <laughs> they didn't have that. And I, like I said, I thought that's just the the broadcast was first class with the the names I just mentioned. And I believe was Fred goodelli was not he the director like right. you know, had the, the NBC director right playing a football. So that that's kind of what I mean if you know if we're talking ratings and we're talking money and business, they just open up a brand new revenue stream. Mm-hmm that was willing to overpay for something that Fox was trying to get rid of, you know, their Thursday night package, they didn't want it. So I think didn't Amazon get even like a year early, if I remember correctly.
0: Well, and uh, by the same token though, they they love having that number on Thursday night on CBS and on Fox, because again, the mass singer, whatever you want. I mean, Survivor as a reality show, uh what is it? The FBI series are on CBS. I'm trying to keep it straight. On Fox, they have like reality shows. Uh what else do they have on Fox for their dramas at night? Like the 911 series, right? That they yeah, have nine, none Lone of Star. none of those are getting four million, five million people. And the NFL was getting 17, 18 million for a big time game.
1: It's crazy. You know, from, from the network standpoint, though they're not paying a billion dollars to show Lone Star 911 either.
0: That's true. It doesn't cost nearly as much. But anyway, back to the streaming thing. The streaming with a T and then the screaming with a C. I'm just telling you now, I can hear the screams. The screams are going to be there, especially you know they're going to reward Peacock with a prominent team, and it might even be your Cowboys if they make it. But, I mean, if it is somebody like the Patriots – if it is somebody like Aaron Rodgers playing his first playoff game as a New York Jet, just get ready. I'm telling you, just get ready. That's going to be the game to reward the, uh, the moolah, the payout, for that streaming game to become the C, the screaming game that it's going to be uh, when they get to this. I'm in advance. Let's just play devil's front.
1: advocate here. Usually it seemed like that extra playoff game would be whoever the Houston Texans were playing when they would win their division. It'd be like the early game. Right, so I mean, I don't see the Cowboys being on peacock because the half of Foxes up front so they just did were bragging about having nine Cowboy games, right? So I can't imagine Fox well, remember
0: letting- last year the extra NBC game they gave it to Herb Street and Al Michaels and NBC, and it was Jaguars Chargers and the huge comeback by the Jaguars where the Chargers blew a three touchdown lead because of the Chargers. So that was the primetime Saturday night game last year, and they've already designated this. This is gonna be primetime on Saturday night of the playoff weekend, and uh, let's wait and see what they do, but just don't come crying to me, that's all I'm saying. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. About the uh, the peacock and the uh, the streaming. A few more moments. The famous Jay hangs here with me on the last word on sports media podcast. So the PGA Tour was in Dallas this past weekend. Major championship now. The PGA Championship, which is not the PGA Tour, it's the Professional Golfers Association of America's major championship, the second major of the year, uh, is at Oak Hill Country Club uh, coming up this weekend. All right, so give me a taste, because you were in and around the Byron Nelson in Dallas. Jason Day, fairly famous Australian golfer, won the uh byron nelson he's been a winner before of that tournament and how excited are you for the golf major that will be played this weekend
1: really pumped for the major last week uh the nelson was here the at&t byron nelson up at the tbc craig ranch which is about 30 miles north of downtown dallas and from where i live in fort worth it's closer to oklahoma than it is to me but it's. I was it's going-, going to
0: say the tournament was closer to <laughs> Oklahoma than it was to Dallas, was it not? It's not actually it, Dallas.
1: Probably no. It's probably pretty close. You know, it was in Dallas. The tournament originated in '68. It was in Dallas at Preston Trail. So '83, it went to Irving to the Las Colinas to the TBC there at the Four Seasons Resort. Then it moved for two years to South Dallas to Trinity Forest, and now they've relocated. This was the third year at TBC Craig Ranch, and. The big deal with the ATT Byron Nelson is the salesmanship club and all the money they raise for local children. And it's just a huge, huge, just ordeal to put together. They've got, um, you know, thousands upon thousands of volunteers and workers out there. They've got the, the 17th hole, which we call it the ranch. It's kind of like the, their version of number 16 at Scottsdale. It's fully enclosed. It's like an arena. It's not quite as rowdy. It's really fun. It's certainly not the insanity of the, Phoenix open or the, the waste management, I believe they call it. Right, the w- right. It's not quite that crazy, but um, you know, it's, it's always fun. It's kind of a special event because no matter how great the field is or whatever, it's always supported by the Dallas people. Like in 2005, we had, I want to say nine of the top 10, like including tiger tiger field, everybody oh, yeah. was there. Like the only one in the top 10 was Lee Westwood wasn't there. Right. And you know, and they sold out hundred thousand people on Saturday and it's still, it just gets, it's really well, well supported here. And it's weird because you mentioned earlier, we have two PGA tour events and for a long, long time, they were back to back. Now they're split. It's kind of like they're sandwiched, like a hamburger, if you will, around the PGA championship and Jason day winning last week. It's a really good winner for the Byron Nelson, because that was his first ever PGA tour win in 2010. He won the Byron Nelson. He also, the last year it was played in Las Colinas, he lost in a playoff. So he's had a lot of, success in this particular event he has not won pga tours since 2018 wells fargo so five years he went without any victories on the pga tour he struggled with his health he lost his mother so of course you know he's an emotional guy and he got emotional right. on, on cbs with amanda the other day when she was interviewing him and talked to him about his mother passing away and then winning on mother's day so that was just a really cool deal in general and scotty Scheffler, local Dallas product he was there he's number two in the world Adam Scott, who won the event back in 2008, he was there and he was in the mix. So really, really fun event. Leading into the PGA Championship this week, Oak Hill is an awesome course. You know, they've held many major championships in the past. I believe this is their fourth PGA Championship I read. Yes. And and I saw that the favorite is Scotty Scheffler. And, you know, John Rahm's going to be in the mix. And funny, you, you and I talk a lot about Tiger and Rory. So Rory McIlroy said, that when he you know he was kind of he's been struggling, missed cut the masters, didn't do too well at Wells Fargo, which of course he often plays well at Quell Hollow. He said he got a text from Tiger that said he saw something in his swing at Quell Hollow and he went <laughs> down to Tiger House and they talked about it. So that that's kind of good news if you're a Rory fan.
0: Well, and you talk about things that would have never happened back in the day in the nineties and the two thousands. Tiger Woods trying to help others uh with their swing, with their golf game. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, R- Rory is obviously one of the more talented guys. He's got four major championships and, uh, including a, a PGA, a couple of PGA championships as a matter of fact, um, in 2012 and in 2014. So, uh, interesting that Memphis Sean okay, McKeel. Yeah.
1: One thing Jordan Spieth had to withdraw last week from the Byron Nelson due to wrist injury. And, you know, he lives in Dallas. ATT is on his bag. So he's not going to miss the ATT Byron Nelson in the Dallas area unless he's really injured. And I saw a picture that he's actually on hand in Oak Hill and he has like a black bandage kind of going from, you know, from his hand almost to his elbow. And it looks like he's at least going to give it a try. But that's another storyline about him is this would career, complete the career Grand Slam if he wins this week because he's won the other three. Lots of talk of Rory at the Masters, but this is Jordan's week for
0: that. Yeah, we'll see uh, how well he can hang in and do this. And, again, Memphis' Sean McKeel won this event uh, at Oak Hill 20 years ago. He'll be participating. Again, you get essentially a lifetime exemption if you're a former champ uh, to be in the event. And, um, you know, uh, again, give give credit where it is due. You've got some huge names. John Rahm heavily favored. Rom obviously won the Masters. I say to you, because you and I go back and forth about the Live Golf Tour, uh, Dustin Johnson won on the Live Tour this past Sunday in the playoff with Cam Smith. Brooks Kepka was right there in the top five contending. Kepka was obviously winning the Masters all the way up in, into around the back nine on on Sunday uh, before Rom overtook him and won that one. I, I don't think it's bad for business if the Live Golf guys are contending. The one thing I keep joking about, speaking of the coverage and the media coverage, The over-under is one and a half times that CBS on the weekend coverage will mention Live Golf Tour by name if someone is contending. Like, for example, Dustin Johnson won the event on the Live Golf Tour last weekend if Dustin Johnson's in contention. I set the under over at one and a half. I think it was the under at the Masters, because while they were talking about the players, it was like almost understood. They're not going to say that name because CBS is a long time multi multi multi-million dollar partner of the PGA tour. And they don't want to help out the live tour and alienate the PGA tour at the same time. So I'm setting that over under just for this weekend that I don't think they're going to bring it up.
1: By no means do I have any inside info, but like we've talked about the golf channel, NBC and then uh, CBS, their business partner was with the PGA tour. So they're not going to promote their competitor. That just, that that's business sense, you know, and that's, my i'm right there with you i don't see the it only
0: criticism it. i have but, of that is if there is news and if it is important to the tournament and the breakdown of you know but like you wouldn't have known that brooks kepka had won a live golf tour event earlier in the year from cbs's masters coverage because they weren't going to tell you that they were trying to act like he hadn't won anywhere so uh, let's just see what happens. In particular, Dustin Johnson putted really well for what it's worth in Tulsa. Cam Smith was putting very well. Will it translate in the PGA Championship? And I know you're a big Phil Mickelson guy too, and he's been vilified through this whole thing for recruiting players, etc. But Phil had an amazing moment uh, back two years ago at Whistling Straits to win this event. So are you still... Kiwa, or, right? or Kiwa, excuse me. Kiwa, not uh, Whistling Straits, where Phil won at 51 years of age. So are you still on Team Phil to an extent when he's around the major championships here?
1: Oh, I don't know. I don't agree with a lot of the ways handled a lot of this. And of of the guys on the other tour, I mean, I've always liked Brooks Koepka. I think he's fun to watch. I know there's a lot of people that, that love to hate him, but I, I enjoy watching him play. I mean – I don't know. As far as the lift stuff goes, I can't imagine that they just won't mention, especially if there's a couple of them that are in, in the contention, especially if one of them wins and all of them go out and celebrate on the green, like Greg Norman said, they were going to, <laughs> you, can't, you can't act like it's not happening, but I just, I, I don't know. It's, it's such a touchy subject and I'm just, I'm a fan of the PGA tour. I'm just not a big live fan.
0: I understand that you've, you've held to that. However,
1: for Hang on time out. Of- I- don't forget to tell everyone that you just tortured me with text updates throughout the tournament on Sunday.
0: <laughs> About what they were doing on Sunday. Well, yeah, because it was exciting. It was ex- it was an exciting finish. If you're a fan of golf, this is my thing. If you're a fan of golf and you enjoy the game, I mean, what is the fact that they they want their millions and the guys on the regular PGA Tour want their millions and you've got the billionaire entity of the PGA Tour and the billionaire entity of the Saudi-funded Live Tour battling, that doesn't mean really anything to the average golf fan. If you enjoy good golf, dramatic golf, well-played golf, who cares about the battle back and forth? I mean, the PGA Tour didn't crumble and isn't going to crumble, and the Live Golf Tour isn't going away. Not anytime soon. They got too much money.
1: Uh, so well, we've talked about so much off the air. I can't remember where all we've gone, but I know that we've discussed – I'm just not a big fan of the shotgun aspect of it. I like the fact that it's tee times on the tour and, you know, somebody can go low early and create some more pressure. And I just, I like if you finish. There's a counter
0: argument to be made that everybody plays the course in the same conditions at the same time, not the same sequence of holes at the same time. Uh, The TV product therefore is only a four or four and a half hour TV product, as opposed to a 12 hour day, seemingly. I mean, like the, the major championships like this coming Thursday and Friday, it's going to be a, well we love it it's going to be a 13 hour tv day on espn on espn plus as it as it was with the masters as it is with the british open with the us open uh so i i understand where some are are uh are are down on what these guys did uh again there's a bunch of people on the pga tour that should be grateful about what they did because it upped their prize money big time no I mean, and, the, and the and the guaranteed money got put into play that the pga tour held out for uh forever uh got put into play big time for a lot of these people so let's just see let's see what happens in that major all right one final thing uh and then we'll move along um you're bigger on this than i am where you frown when i bring up live golf tour i frown when you bring up like remakes of the classic movies of the 80s and the early 90s and what are you telling me that white men can't jump has not only been remade blasphemy uh sydney dean and billy hoyle are wesley snipes and Woody Harrelson only, but it's now been remade, and it's out later this week?
1: Correct. It comes out on May the 19th on Hulu, and it has Jack Harlow playing the the Woody Harrelson part, Billy Hoyle. Who? And-
0: <laughs> I'm not up on Jack Harlow. I'm legitimately asking who? I don't know that guy. I don't think either one of us know that guy. Isn't that the point? And now you're going to tell me some other actor that that is playing the Sidney Dean character, right?
1: Jack Harlow is an American rapper from Louisville, Kentucky. There's there's your answer on Jack wow. Harlow. I'm
0: so enthralled.
1: The, the way I know him is he's been like in the, um, during NBA All-Star Weekend, he's been in the celebrity basketball game. That's, that's what I know him <laughs> from.
0: Okay. And who is the actor that's going to play uh, Sidney Dean, the Wesley Snipes character? It's not a household name.
1: This is going to... Stenquo Walls, who was on Friday Night Lights. That's what I know him from.
0: This is going to bomb. I'm just telling you in advance, oh. this is going to bomb on Hulu and at the theaters. It's a disaster.
1: I, that a, I think it's going to be on Hulu. I don't think it's going to be in the theaters. And no, they're and not we even going to put it in theaters. It. So
0: they already know. They already know how bad this is going to be, that it's only going to be streamed on Hulu. But they're not that's going to put it saying, in theaters. And yes. Yes. But I've at least remained consistent with you and you've got to give me credit for integrity. Point bre- point break remake, point break
1: remake, no interest.
0: Footloose
1: this came out. What's that? You were just mad when the news about Point Break came out. That's correct. Before the, the, we mere, found out the mere sports. thought
0: that the late Patrick Swayze's character Bodie, would be played by somebody else is blasphemy. Footloose remake, no interest. No interest in a Footloose remake uh what else what else there's a couple more
1: you have the 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 reason that we are friends is the 1990 movie presumed innocent starring harrison ford that's and correct limited series with jake gyllenhaal playing rusty savage why
0: and it's coming soon as gyllenhaal playing again the late patrick swayze's dalton in a road in a roadhouse remake correct what are we doing America should boycott these. I'm just putting this out there on the last one. The Bride
1: remake with Andy Garcia playing Steve Martin's part. Why Martin was playing Spencer Tracy's part?
0: Why? I mean, I know they need to check. Andy (laughs) Garcia needs to check a little bit. Steve Martin's got checks from uh, what is it? Only murders in the building. But uh, at least with top gun, that was a continuation. 35 years later. And by the way am I correct Top Gun released in the theaters I think on the day that we're recording this podcast Tuesday May May 16th 1986 That's incredible. So but to- Top Gun at least was a continuation. The Coming to America which I have not seen is a continuation. The Bad Boys 3, Bad Boys for Life right with uh Will Smith, Martin Lawrence um that is a continuation. That's different than let's remake the the movie with the same kind of hold to the same kind of stuff. This this white man can't you're going to watch this? You're going to watch this blasphemy later Probably in the week is what you're telling not. me.
1: no if I do, I'll just watch it to give you like a play by play, blow blah blow, uh, recap of it.
0: Just like me recapping the Live Golf Tour with you on text message. Yeah,
1: uh, only difference is I was working on my Byron Nelson recap, so I didn't get that in, in live <laughs> terms. <laughs>
0: Still Woody Harrelson all time as Billy Hoyle with, you can't hustle your teammate. There's an ethics involved <laughs> so, with the, among the hustlers uh, with that. Do you think uh, that
1: they will have a Jeopardy aspect to the new one that they Rosie had? Rosie the
0: Perez. What was it? Uh, foods that began with Q or whatever it was that she
1: was saying. Foods, letter Q, something like that. Yes.
0: And she uh, she racked up on Jeopardy and Jeopardy made its way on there. All right, we've totally digressed. Anything else in closing, Famous Jay, on all these different subjects?
1: Next week, we were talking about golf earlier. I want to mention this. Here in DFW, we have the PGA Tour, the Charles Schwab Challenge. And in in Frisco, we have the the Senior PGA Championship, a major, at the brand-new PGA Frisco, where the PGA headquarters are, the PGA of America, not the PGA Tour. They moved from, I believe, West Palm to here. That's correct. They just recently opened everything. They've got a brand new Omni Resort. My old boss from when I worked at the Four Seasons in college. He's the boss up at the new Omni. So I'm gonna go up there on Wednesday to the Senior PGA and check out the scene up there and and say hi to my old boss and and I'll give you I'll definitely send you a few photos from there and post them on my Twitter and my Instagram. The famous Jay. And speaking of Twitter, for the Colonial, the Charles Schwab Challenge. Their Twitter handle is at CSChallengeFW. I'm going to be running that Twitter account for the week. They have given, they have asked me to come out and show everyone what they do. So we're going to go into some of the tents. We're going to go into the clubhouse. We're going to be in wow. the media center. Anything you want to know what's going on with that tournament. So that'll make me look good to my boss. And give me
0: post PGA championship, give me a name or two that are going to be playing. CBS will televise, right? And give me a right. name or two that will be in the Fort Worth Charles Schwab Challenge. This is the colonial. Uh, the the uh, the famous Ben Hogan course at Big Correct. Ben Hogan tournament, and as
1: I said, CS Challenge Four Worth. C, or sorry, CS Challenge FW is the handle, and it's got a pretty solid field. They've got Jordan is committed, who has won this tournament sixteen. They have Scotty Scheffler who's committed, who lost in a playoff last year to Sam Burns, who was the eventual champion, who will be there. Ricky Fowler committed a couple days ago. Today, before we got on, we heard uh, Justin Rose is going to be coming and he won the tournament i believe so you in you you have you have yep. some names Big yes thing. yeah it, it'll be a, and it's fun and also it's a classic course that opened in 1936 the tournament's been there since 46 they had the us open in 1941 they had the players championship in 75 the women's us open in 91 i mean like just littered with history and after the day after the tournament's over they're going to tear the course up and redo it they have a, a renovation coming, like a $25 million renovation from Gil Hans, who did the um, the Olympic course in Rio, amongst others. Right, These are right. really well architects, And this is kind of your last chance to see it in the form that we all know it. You know, we, it's, They've had Adam Scott won it in 2014 when he was number one in the world. Like I so said, Jordan Spieth won it in 2016. So it's a course that a lot of people recognize. And I interviewed Jim Nance a couple of years ago when I was still writing for the Four Star Telegram. And he talked about how special this place is to him, like how his dad would come here and visit him. And yeah. he he loves this place. And it's hard to come to this beautiful place and not just fall in love with it because to me, it's where I started going. My dad took me when I was younger. And the first year I went, Nick Price won when he was number one in the world. And it's just got all a special meaning to me. So I'm definitely going to make one last walk around um, Little Colonial before they tear it up.
0: And by the way, Phil Mickelson famously won this tournament hitting a ball – uh through the trees on his approach shot on 18 and then made the putt even though you're like anti phil right now he had a memorable moment at the colonial there been a lot amazing of... he
1: won it twice he won yeah. in 2000 and 2008 i believe and that's the one you're talking about where he had a hole the size of like your hand to hit between a tree and he knocked it through and <laughs> then actually he made the putt to win it and then famously a couple of years ago you mentioned when he won PJ championship everybody thought he was going to take the next week off, even though he committed, but he came here and played. And that was really neat for the tournament to have him. And the same thing last year, Justin Thomas won the PGA Championship at Southern Hills and then came and played at the Colonial right after. And so we'll see who wins the PGA this year. I guess they have to follow suit and come play the Colonial.
0: Maybe. All right. So that'll be covered on CBS and great stuff that you got to talk to Jim Nance uh, previously, too. Hello, friends who's still calling the golf, if not the college basketball anymore.
1: Let me take you behind the scenes on that really quick, too. I was supposed to have him for like 15 minutes and I did it during Nelson Week at Top Golf in the colony. I was up there covering a Grey Goose event and interviewing Matt Kucher. And I talked to the Top Golf people and they literally gave me an office to go interview Jim Nance. And I said, I'm supposed to have him for like 10 minutes. Melissa, who I dealt with with Jim Nance the coolest person I've ever dealt with to do any interview. She was awesome and set up. We ended up being on the phone for 45 minutes. He was such a great interview. I mean, maybe my interviewing skills were that amazing. I don't know, but he was so cool to talk to and just, you know, made me feel real comfortable because at the time I had interviewed some famous people like yourself, but I'd never interviewed somebody of that caliber on the phone like that.
0: (laughs) But you did well with that and you didn't bring up eighties movies. And remakes of 80s movies. No, we talked you about from- his
1: book. We talked about his wine. We talked about golf, <laughs> but we did not, we did not talk about Roadhouse. His or home food. in
0: Pebble Beach, calling the Super Bowl for CBS, calling the Final Four, calling the Masters. Uh, it's still indelible to me that that's Jim Nance for the first time ever calling the Masters, and he's calling the 16th hole when Jack Nicholas hits that ball and it backs up about a foot away and almost goes in. And Nance has the famous line: the bear is out of hibernation. Uh, as he was about to win in 86. So uh, that's the first Masters he worked, hello, working the 16th Tower. And Jim Nan's still working the Masters to this day now in the 18th Tower and working uh, regularly on the PGA Tournament. He'll be on the call on the PGA Championship uh, with Trevor Immelman in the booth for this week. We'll plug away on that. Famous Jay, you have given me buku time here with all this. Uh, enjoy everything, including the Dallas Stars in the Western Conference Finals with the Vegas Golden Knights. Enjoy the Charles Schwab Challenge. Again, we'll follow you on the Charles Schwab Challenge Twitter handle, CS Challenge FW, right? Did I get that pl- close to correct? That's it. And they can follow you at the famous Jay on social media, on Instagram and on Twitter. Jay Betzel, thank you for hanging on The Last Word on Sports Media Podcast. You bet. Thanks for having me. As I said in the conversation uh, with uh, with Jay, we do that off the air. Oftentimes, and so it was good to do it on the air with him. And we covered a lot of different subjects, a lot of different subjects there, again, including the the remake of 80s movies. Uh, no thank you on those. Um, all right, let's move on to the finish line here. Love it or leave it. I gotta say again what I said last week on the program: love Bob Washusan and Ryan Boucher on the ESPN play-by-play call of Stanley Cup playoff hockey. Look, I know not everybody's a hockey guy, but the the uh, the great call in Game 7 of the Dallas Stars win on Monday night over the Seattle Kraken was and all over it with the goal calls. Boucher with the analysis. I enjoy that team. I gotta say, I enjoy them more than Sean McDonough and Ray Ferraro on ESPN. I'm a bit disappointed they aren't calling uh, the upcoming next round here of the Stanley Cup Finals. And again, Kenny Albert, uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Stanley Cup final will be called by Kenny Albert and Eddie Olchick uh, on Turner on TNT as the uh, the last two series begin here coming up and the NBA playoffs now in their uh, final stages with the Lakers against the Nuggets and also the Heat and the Boston Celtics. Of course, you know that Mike Breen and Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson uh, are the stalwarts there. And Turner obviously using uh, Kevin Harlan, Reggie Miller, and what Brian Anderson, also on play-by-play late in the year with Stan Van Gundy uh, for their coverage. So they'll be all over it on the announcer schedules podcast, as we said earlier about all the podcast voices, including national radio coverage. Mark Kestisher doing the NBA finals eventually for ESPN radio. And uh, who is it? Is our guy John Forslund, the voice now of the Seattle Kraken? Is he doing the uh, Sports USA national coverage of the Stanley Cup finals? I believe he is. So anyway, Mike and Phil will be all over that later in the week on the announcer schedules podcast. But was Shuzen, who does the New York Jets on radio, who does college football and basketball on ESPN, tremendous on hockey. Again, it's not to say that Sean McDonough and Ray Ferraro are bad or Kenny Albert and, and Eddie Olczyk are top notch. I just like these guys. So on Love It or Leave It, I'm going to love that. Love it or leave it. Let's do a little leave it. The Live Golf Tour we were talking about with Jay Betzel and the Live Golf Playoff won by Dustin Johnson in Tulsa was a television mess if you were on the different CW affiliates. Now, I realize almost nobody can find the golf coverage on CW because they haven't had weekend uh, during the day programming, much less sports programming. But a lot of the affiliates were dumping out because there had been a two-hour weather delay. And and unlike when NBC or CBS is showing the PGA Tour and they move the coverage over to the Golf Channel so they can get into 60 Minutes or uh, whatever's on NBC on on Sunday night for network TV programming, the CW began to have their affiliates uh, almost by computer go to different syndicated shows like The Family Feud with Steve Harvey. In New York, they were seeing a Penn & Teller episode. uh, Episodes in other market of of local magazine shows that had bought the time. Like in Dallas, they were showing a local Dallas magazine show on the CW affiliate. I believe in Denver, they were showing a rerun of the CBS drama series SWAT. Uh, Instead of showing the playoff won by Dustin Johnson in the golf we talk about a leave it. They were leaving it, and, and that's a debacle for Greg Norman and the Live Golf Tour to have a TV deal where they don't stick with the coverage all the way through and leave it up to the affiliates. That's a first class mess for sure. On love, it. rest assured the PGA championship will, will not be going to 60 minutes before it's over with and, and pawning it off on the golf channel. They will play it out until its conclusion, even if there is a sudden death playoff coming Sunday, with whatever happens in golf's second major. Uh, will Phil Mickelson contend? Probably not. I mean, uh, Phil at this point is 53 years old. He contended at Augusta, but he knows that course so much better, uh, knows how to put those greens. It's it's not the same to battle at, uh, at Oak Hill. It's probably John Rahm. It's maybe Dustin Johnson. Will Rory McElroy contend? Will it be another live golfer like Cam Smith or Brooks Kepka or somebody else maybe from out of the blue that wins the PGA championship? We'll find out. On that. All right, one more. Love it or leave it. Still loving the fact that my Tampa Bay Rays remain the hottest team in Major League Baseball through the first 40 games of the season, and they just played the Yankees in New York, so that gave them some national coverage when they split that series with the Yankees. They're they're staying in New York, actually, early on in the week to play the Mets in interleague play. The Rays' offense continues to excel, and now not just uh, the Major League Baseball network, MLB network, but also ESPN having to acknowledge this, Fox having to acknowledge this with the baseball coverage, TBS and elsewhere. The Rays should get more national love right now because their offense continues to crush it. I don't know how long this is going to last. The Rays may regress and and go back to the pack and and become a second-place team even before the All-Star break in the American League East. It's that good. The Red Sox have been really good lately. The Blue Jays are good. The Yankees in last place still have... Aaron Judge and Stanton when he gets back healthy and Garrett Cole on the mound. Maybe the Yankees get back in it. But for right now, the Rays crushing it on offense and finally getting love. I mean, two of their top players uh, spent Monday in the studio with the MLB Network's pregame coverage, as they should. Because uh, these guys have knocked the cover off the ball, leading the big leagues in home runs and runs scored. No, it's, it's not the Yankees. It's not the Dodgers. It's not the Red Sox. It's not the household names in Atlanta or in Chicago. You got to get used to names like uh, Brandon Lau and, and uh, Wander Franco and Randy Orozarena and the Tampa Bay Rays, the upstart Rays, who began the year with a 30-10 and 10 record, began the year 13-0 and 30-10, and 30 and, 10, and let's see if it continues. Let's see if their they're, if they're winning ways continue. But I'm loving the love right now for the Rays, and let's see if it continues. I mean, I know there are others that are playing – a good baseball at this stage. The Texas Rangers, like Jay was mentioning, that they're playing well. Uh, the Seattle Mariners playing well. Atlanta continues to play well. The Red Sox have come around. So you have some different stories in Major League Baseball. But the Rays have been the best one through the first six weeks of the season in terms of their offense and they're winning. All right, with that, we're good. We're done for another edition here of the Last Word on Sports Media podcast. Again, thanks to Jay Betzel, the famous Jay in Dallas-Fort Worth, for being with me. Follow or subscribe on this podcast feed. Find out more at lastwordonsports.com slash media. And again, George Hoffman's Tell Me a Story I Don't Know is on this feed. George will talk with Seattle, speaking of the Mariners. Seattle Mariners, radio guy, longtime radio guy who has ties to Chicago and ties to George Offman. Rick Riz is with George next week on his show. Mike and Phil are here later in the week with more on the announcers calling the games, the announcer schedules podcast. Great guests on that show as well. Check them out all on this podcast. Last word on sports media. I'm merely TJ Reeves. Thank you for being with me. We're here each and every week going over the media, going over the ratings, who's doing it well uh, and more from a broadcasting standpoint. We do that here as part of the last word on sports media
1: podcast.